0: Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are. Back for episode four of season three, The Right Path.
1: Nice. Very exciting episode. I don't want to sound like a broken record because each episode, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited. And it's true. I'm getting more and more excited as we go along with each episode in season
0: three. So true. And this really is a great episode with a lot of fun, hidden little gems to get into. And like everything else, it dropped on January 1st, 2021. And Sal, I always ask you this to sound like a broken record, but guess what the rating is? The IMDb rating.
1: I think on the low end, we've been about 8.2. On the high end, I think we've been 8.5. So I'm going to stick in there, say about 8.3. 8.7.
0: 8.7. Whoa, hello.
1: Is We're that th- moving on up? Is that the highest one of
0: season three? Yes, it is. Wow. Thus far,
1: nice, very nice.
0: And the synopsis for this episode is following an important meeting in Japan, Daniel revisits Mr. Miyagi's hometown in Okinawa. Johnny attempts to connect with Robbie.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of storylines happening here, sort of happening at the same time intermingling, corresponding, all going to have the same end, but uh, there's a lot happening. You really got to pay attention in this episode, it seems.
0: Yeah, there are some storylines happening, and there's even no mention in the synopsis of Sam and what's going on with the Cobra Kai Dojo, Miyagi-Do students. So I guess they just do the broad strokes on the synopsis.
1: I got a lot of opinions about Sam. Sam, (laughs) I got issue with you, girl. We're going to talk.
0: Fair enough. All right, here we go. We open with a bonsai toast. And Daniel is in the background, and he's drinking, and he looks pretty depressed.
1: Well, if you remember where the last episode ended, so then you see where this episode begins, you're like, Oh, wow! Daniel was successful! He got the deal, right?
0: Yeah, bonzai! Yeah, but no. (laughs) No, it wasn't meant to be. He's sulking in the back because he was not successful. Because you're right, Sal, he was off to a meeting as we ended episode three.
1: Well, yeah, so there he is, alone at the bar. Do you think it's sort of innately more depressing if you're alone at a bar in a foreign country than if you're alone at a bar in your own country? To me, it just seems even more about (laughs) isolation because you can't even talk to people around you. It's just like, it's just a sadder sight, I think.
0: I think you're right. I've actually been at bars in different countries by myself, but I was in a more festive mood. I didn't just get denied and my business was not about to crumble beneath my feet. So I think there's a lot more going on with Daniel, but you make a good point.
1: It's true. Luckily, when I found myself in a foreign country, it was through a uh, yeah, pleasant circumstances, not the <laughs> not the crumbling of my of my
0: business. So while this is happening, why Daniel is taking in this drink by himself and Why the businessmen are all celebrating next to him, we get like a flashback. It's kind of neat. We're going back to the meeting with the VO of Daniel, and he's presenting himself to Doyona in a boardroom, if you will. And he says, at our core, we are a family-run business, which is why we have sold more cars in the last 10 years than any other dealer in the San Fernando Valley. And so they seem to really move by his presentation, Sal, but again it wasn't meant to be. I'm surprised they let Daniel speak this much.
1: See, that shows how courteous the Japanese people are. Because at the conclusion of Daniel's eloquent speech or sales presentation, I think possibly what some sort of Doyona VP there at at the head of the table. Yeah, The Doyona guy says they're trying to avoid negative PR. So this West Valley High School brawl this has tainted the LaRusso legacy all the way to Japan.
0: Yeah, this is really a disgrace. I mean, not just to his business, but also just to Miyagi-Do in general. This is horrible publicity, also for karate in the world. So Daniel also feels responsible. So it's not only maybe his company, his business, his livelihood. It's also just his reputation and everything he stands for and believes in. So pretty devastating to get this denial. But man, one thing about him, Sal, one thing about Daniel is the fact that he is resilient.
1: If there's one thing we've learned through all the movies, and now
0: Cobra Kai, Daniel comes back. Every time. He is trying to soften his mood for his FaceTime with Amanda and keep Amanda's spirits high as he was denied because he just has that optimistic thing about him, which I really resonate with. I believe that's that's how I go through life. I know you're the same. So I think we're definitely pro-Daniel so much of the time. And I love the way he's trying to keep it together. And he doesn't have a clue right now. He's kind of wandering through Tokyo, probably shell-shocked that he went all the way there and wasn't able to charm and win them over. But he's looking at photos. And I love this sequence, out because there's like a photo of him and Amanda, and then him and young Sam. And then, of course, there's another great photo. And please tell us who it is.
1: There's a wonderful photograph, I believe, originally from Karate Kid 3. And it shows Daniel and Mr. Miyagi In a two-shot, a very nice picture. The bartender sees this, and he says, you look happy there. Daniel says, happier times. And then the bartender asks about him visiting Japan. Daniel references Miyagi in the photograph, says, I'm afraid he's no longer with us. And I like this part. The bartender says, very American way of thinking. In Japan, you can always visit someone. They speak
0: to us even when they are gone. That's so beautiful. And we also learned that he calls Mr. Miyagi his best friend. And we knew that, Sal. We knew that. And even in last episode, we were talking about Daniel has no friends, and I'd mentioned Amanda being his best friend, because he lost Mr. Miyagi along the way. That was his greatest friend up until Amanda. So he's uh, reflecting on all of that, but this bartender really kind of put things in motion. And this
1: bartender also, worth mentioning, served Daniel Suntory Whiskey Toki. Because we all know at this point that Daniel drinks McKellen 18 whiskey. remember in an ep- oh, yeah. episode of two ago, him, Amanda, Louie drinking this McKellen 18. Well, now here's Daniel in Tokyo drinking Suntory Whiskey Toki. And Toki means time in
0: Japanese.
1: So I think actually relevant to the story.
0: Beyond the bartender putting things in motion for Daniel to open his eyes and maybe visit Okinawa. It didn't hurt that a commercial comes on promoting Okinawa.
1: Yeah, a beautiful commercial comes on the television screen above the bar. The nature, the tradition. Spend your four seasons in Okinawa.
0: Wow, makes me want to go.
1: You know what? As I always say, if you love Japan, that's fantastic. I love Japan too. Okinawa is different. It is a different scene. It is a different energy than mainland Japan. I recommend you visit them both.
0: Sal, I think we need to take Let's Talk Cobra Kai on the road. What if we
1: recorded Let's Talk Cobra Kai from Okinawa? Holy cow. Who
0: else has done that? Nobody. We just got to get Kimiko and Chosen signed up. (laughs) All right. No spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. So now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Kreese leads class, as usual lately, and he talks about never underestimating your opponent.
1: Yeah, I like that rule. Never underestimate your enemy, even if you think they're weaker than you.
0: I like that. Yes. And this leads to a very interesting lesson, in which he has a potted bonsai on top of a pole. And what does he ask the students to do?
1: Well, let me just mention this, Jason, as though this is not blasphemy enough. Creese does not even call it a bonsai, which is the correct term for this type of tree. He does not say, kick down the bonsai tree. All he says is, I want you to kick this tree off the top. So to me, very dismissive of the main imagery of Miyagi-Do, and that is a bonsai tree.
0: Yeah, I think it's intentional.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm angry about it, so... good job, Crease. I'm pissed.
0: (laughs) Now he summons some students to come up. I should also mention that the bonsai is resting on top of this pole, which is a good, what, six and a half, seven feet tall, it looks like.
1: Yeah. And as far as width or thickness, about as round as a telephone pole. I mean, this is a giant piece of wood.
0: And I like that the first student comes up. These are guys that we don't know by name yet. And so one guy tries to make the kick and he rips his pants out. And then Rickenberger comes up. And I got to say, Sal, this guy gave it an impressive run with a spinning jump kick that wasn't too far off the mark, but of course he doesn't hit it and wipes out in a heap. Yeah, but very
1: impressive. Uh, I'm always reminded of capoeira, yeah. the Brazilian dance martial art, kind of reminiscent of that where your your body's literally horizontal or perpendicular to the ground. Would it yeah. be, yeah, horizontal to the ground and you're spinning. So,
0: pretty amazing to watch. Yes, absolutely. That guy is impressive. But this leads to what?
1: <laughs> now, this I did like. Hawk comes up, he volunteers, he delivers some sort of sidekick. What did you call that a sidekick, oh, yeah. Jason? Yep. He delivers one solid sidekick straight to the pole, sending it to the mat. The bonsai comes tumbling down, He did not kick the bonsai. He kicked what supported the
0: bonsai. Yeah. And by the way, Sal, may I say, rest in peace, bonsai.
1: Jason, I'm very upset by this. I I don't like seeing the senseless destruction of bonsai trees. So I'd like us to carry on, please.
0: And your brother-in-law would be livid.
1: You know what? He might disown me if he even knew we were talking about this.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> No, it really on. bothered me. I thought, man, come <laughs> on, Creese. Now, we did learn in Karate Kid 3 that you can salvage a bonsai. There's strong roots like Daniel. So, in all likelihood, this bonsai could be saved, but it's also in Crease's hands, and I don't like that already.
1: Now that you mention it, reminiscent of Karate Kid 3, when Terry Silver's minions cracked that special sacred bonsai. So yeah, to me, bonsai's... Hey, even if you're Team Cobra Kai, bonsai's are sacred, man. Don't mess with
0: somebody's bonsai. Yeah, off limits. Off limits, Cobra Kai. And then Kreese, much like he's done all season, has more to say. And he has so many good nuggets. He says something to the effect of, if your mind is agile, so are you. That's the best way to beat your enemy.
1: Kreese delivers this follow-up speech about fighting smart and not relying on brute strength. I was very surprised to hear this from
0: Creese, almost like he has a new strategy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this was a thinking exercise. And of course, Hawk figured it out. He couldn't jump that high and kick it, but he saw through it, so it's making them think. He's a, uh, this guy's a master manipulator, Sal. He's building the troops, breaking them down, building them back up in his vision.
1: And you know what you see in this very moment? They do a close-up shot, single shot of Hawk. Hawk is now hooked.
0: He has officially drank all the Kool-Aid. That is right. So now we're at the hospital and Miguel checks his phone. And Sal, he sees an Instagram post from just Hawk. And I like some of these comments from Hawk himself. (laughs) Yes.
1: The main one. Pussy bonsais Get No Mercy. And by the way, this thread
0: has 67 likes and 35 comments um, on this Instagram video. Absolutely. So this thing's already gone, I guess, mini viral. So anything at the Cobra Kai Dojo is up on social media immediately. And Miguel, he's depressed. He's thinking about his surgery and the potential of it not working and kind of opens up to the nurse and then she offers him some cake.
1: Yeah. He asks the nurse, what if my surgery doesn't work? Yeah. And the nurse offers him a piece of cake. And this is, right, <laughs> this is right in the wake of him seeing also that other little thing on Hawk's Insta. Yeah, There's a picture of a snake and it says, Cobra Kai's new student! Double exclamation mark. Oh yeah. That's a nice little dig into Miguel. Miguel's in the hospital, doesn't know if he's going to walk again. And there's a picture of a damn snake as the new Cobra Kai student. Oh, that's nice.
0: Sal, the world moves on. Sadly, it does. It's true. I noticed that. So next, we see Johnny apologizing to Bobby on the phone in the lobby at the hospital, because Sal, he ain't got no cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I, I did get a
1: chuckle, though, that Johnny is on the phone with Bobby apologizing to Bobby about missing the meeting with Robbie. So it's Almost like a double apology, but he only is able to speak with Bobby at this present time.
0: No, it's a good point. I guess he has to make amends with them one at a time. And Bobby did him a solid, and he's a great friend, so he owed him that call. And now he talks to the nurse as she comes out of the room, the one scurrying off to get some cake for Miguel. And she offers to take him in to see Miguel, but what happens?
1: Johnny declines the offer.
0: He probably is reluctant, Sal, because of the fact that he was kicked out of the room by Miguel. But I also love the fact that he's kind of hovering around the hospital, seeing if he's walking again or improving, because that just shows how much Johnny cares.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that the hospital staff sees that. And by now, I think, right, Carmen and Miguel's grandmother have seen this when they ran into him when he was delivering the check to the nurse after selling the piece of art he snagged from Sid. So, yeah. They have seen him hanging out at the hospital.
0: Yeah. And he prayed with Rosa for Miguel, which is why he's apologizing to Bobby and soon to be Robbie.
1: Yeah. But unfortunately, later on, we're going to see how this kind of backfires in his relationship with Robbie, though, unfortunately.
0: I know. It's a never-ending cycle with Johnny, unfortunately. So now we're in Okinawa. And Sal, this is the Karate Kid Part 2 all over again, sort of.
1: Oh, yeah. Daniel walks outside, he hails a cab, and you did notice, though, the cabs look different now. A Toyota Prius pulls up, and Daniel gets in. And one thing I did think, Daniel just has that one piece of luggage that he's pulling. Was that his carry-on Or was that a a check baggage? And if that was a check baggage, why doesn't he have a carry-on? Or if that is a carry-on, it's pretty big. But I just found it interesting that he only has the one bag. So, wondering if he was staying in mainland Japan, going to go to Okinawa, then going to go back to mainland Japan, then go back to the U.S. (laughs) from mainland
0: Japan. I need to know these things. Yeah, we have to get his itinerary and share it with you quickly. I think he went on a business trip to Japan and probably packed very lightly. And then now we have Okinawa. So... I think he you're probably right, unprepared. Jason. I just, tend
1: to, I just tend to overpack is all.
0: And I tend to pack lightly because once you get there, you got to lug that stuff around and you never know when you're going to pop over to Okinawa or wherever. Anyway, so Sal, I love this whole sequence because we're getting flashbacks from Karate Kid Part 2, which are just beautiful. And then this leads to a beautiful expression on Daniel's face as he reaches Tomy Village green, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. Well, the driver asks him, when was the last time he saw Tommy Village? Yeah. And Daniel answers, it's been a while. Well, yeah, I think he's sort of in for a rude awakening. It's been a long while.
0: Yeah. There was probably no Red Lobster, Gap or Forever 21 there on his last visit.
1: And let us not forget
0: Baskin Robbins and KFC. <laughs> well, if you're going to go there, you got to have American Eagle Outfitters.
1: Yeah. So, Tomi Village, as we knew it and loved it in Karate Kid 2, is obliterated. And here we have modern-day corporate expansion.
0: Yes. Daniel thinks he's coming to the motherland to get answers, and he gets out, and he's at the mall. So, it's pretty damn funny. And it's a great reaction by Daniel. And more to come, though. More to come. Because now we're at the 7th Street Community Center, and Robbie is doing some community service to lighten a sentence. And he's working in a kitchen as guess who arrives? Johnny
1: approaches Robbie as Robbie is serving up, what'd you say, the needy, right? He's doing some community service. Yeah. Serving the needy in this soup kitchen. And here comes
0: his dad. His dad. Asking for soup. (laughs) He's trying to make amends. He doesn't want to leave until Robbie will talk to him because, you know, Robbie's holding a grudge. He's mad at not just Johnny, also Daniel. Daniel. And Sal, this is hilarious because the strip mall lady from the Reseda Flats is back.
1: That's right. And that is Lynn, played by actress Susan Gallagher, back. And she says, hey, quit holding up the line. And then she says, don't make me throw a shoe at you. And then she says, you stalking me, pretty boy. So she's got all these great lines delivered at Johnny. Yeah. Who throws a shoe?
0: It's a great line from Austin Powers.
1: Oh, yes. Okay, so I was thinking of when uh, George W. Bush was giving some speech and somebody, I think, in Iran threw a shoe at him. So, I, there's only a couple of instances of shoe throwing. And I think, yeah, the Austin Powers and and then George W.
0: Yeah. So, now we cut to the school cafeteria, another one of these great cuts, if you will, cafeteria to cafeteria. And Dimitri has a very impressive Lego masterpiece, Sal, which... He goes on to say, represents the valley, and I believe that's the San Fernando Valley, in the dinosaur era, if you will. And you know, Yasmin starts to become impressed with this,
1: and she presses what looks like a little group of eggs, dinosaur eggs. A volcano starts to erupt. Yeah. And you know what Yasmin says? And pay attention to this because we're going to see where this goes. Yasmin says, My parents may not have to pay for an A this time. Yeah. What's going to happen with Yasmin and Dimitri? I got to see.
0: It's great because Dimitri picks up on that and basically assures Yasmin that she never will have to, or her parents won't have to. Also, let's not forget that Moon is also
1: equally impressed. Dimitri has been flipping the script lately. We are seeing, we're, this season could also be called The Rise of Dimitri because Dimitri is really impressing the ladies with this earth science presentation.
0: He went from the outcast to the cool kid because, hey, he is smart. He's got charm now because he has some confidence, style. There are good things that can happen through karate. No, not being in the West Valley brawl at the high school. But I mean, just self-confidence, awareness of things. And he is definitely flipping the script.
1: Yes, that's Dimitri. Looking forward to more.
0: So now we see Hawk and he's juggling a soccer ball. And it's already on Instagram. One of his minions, a Cobra Kai or a Cobra Kai student, is filming it, and he's like, "That's a new record, twenty-two times." Now, Sal, I play soccer. Twenty-two juggles is not that impressive. I'm sorry. <laughs> is there?
1: I'm sure there's an actual world record for what is it? Like knee to knee? Is that what he's doing?
0: Knee to knee juggles? Yeah, he's using the feet. He's using knee to knee. But listen, when we're training on our own, you know, go get a hundred. Right. Or if you're doing juggling with multiple people, yeah, then 22 would be a good score if you're doing two or three or even four man, that becomes more. But 22, just by yourself, don't even brag about that. I'm sorry. Don't post that. Not that special. But Hawk's a little clueless on this front. No, I'm thinking that if I were to
1: start soccer ball juggling tonight, I would say within a few days, I could probably get 22
0: myself. I believe you could. So when the ball drops and he gets his new record... He also oversees this whole thing with Dimitri and Yasmin and Moon in the background. And Sal, this leads to what?
1: Very special moment. This is the official presentation of Dimitri's science project, where he says, at 8,000 251 individual pieces. This model represents the exact moment before the asteroid, and right at that moment, bam, Hawk's soccer ball crashes into Dimitri's project. Pieces of Lego fly all over the place. A very sad, sad sight.
0: Sal, this really upsets me. I do not like in movies or shows when things like this get demolished for no good reason.
1: Yeah, I don't like senseless destruction, especially on pieces of near art that took hours of time and energy and focus
0: to put together. And then some idiot just
1: comes along and wrecks it. Very upsetting.
0: So this leads to a confrontation with Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai right here in the cafeteria. And they face off and then Sam comes over and steps in.
1: And Hawk says, like, you'll start anything, princess. So that seems to be his pet name for Sam, because that's what he said at the hospital when she went to go visit Miguel, calls her princess as an insult.
0: So Sam, much like her father, loses her temper very quickly, shoves Hawk, and of course, the counselor is lurking and sees this push. It's always the person that retaliates that gets caught. Yeah, because
1: Counselor Blatt steps in. What's going on here, Miss LaRusso? And then Counselor Blatt says to Hawk, does she enter your personal bubble without your verbal consent? And Hawk goes, yeah, she definitely triggered me in my safe space.
0: (laughs) And then he goes on to say, she's right, guys. We should stop the aggression, micro and macro.
1: Nice. I love all these uh, wordplay roasts of contemporary culture, especially in modern day education. Very funny.
0: So as the dojos part ways, And the counselor has moved on. Hawk then has one last parting blow. And what does he say?
1: Hawk says, for you pansies, no place is safe.
0: It's on, Sal. Ooh. So now we're back in Okinawa and Daniel is still in shock. He's just overwhelmed by this foyer with all these restaurants and these things that he can see in the States. So this leads to him walking around a little bit, but then he comes across some nice lady. I don't know. She seems to know some stuff, like a guide, if you will. And then he gets some backstory on what took place here.
1: This lady starts to give background on what happened to the original Tomi Village, and she even references Sato. She explains yep. that when the crops died, Mr. Sato went into retail, and then this lady's excited She says they used to have a subway, now we have a Jersey Mike's. So this lady's excited about a Jersey
0: Mike's there at Tomey Village. But he saved the village and people got jobs. And so I think when Daniel learns this, it's like, okay, I got to let go of that. I understand change is inevitable everywhere, and it definitely helped the region grow. But as that conversation ends, and she runs off, I think, to get him a menu to Jersey Mike's, if you will... Out of nowhere, Daniel sees the dance from The Karate Kid Part 2. And Sal, take it away. Daniel
1: turns, he hears music, he approaches a stage where a woman is leading students. The woman turns around, it's Kumiko. Holy cow, Kumiko is up on the stage. She was the one directing these little kids.
0: Just like she had in The Karate Kid Part 2.
1: Then we go into a flashback sequence from Karate Kid 2, shows her teaching Daniel the Bond dance, shows them dancing Fifty style when they went out dancing. They run to the castle ruins. They have the tea ceremony. They kiss. Daniel is amazed to see Kumiko.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As am I, spellbound. And they lock eyes. And she says, daniel son." That's how uh, she refers to him. Yeah. Daniel's son. It's a very touching moment. And Sal, I'm just I'm just elated that they brought Kamiko back to the series, really. I mean, how incredible. She was always such a wonderful character that we just didn't get to see anymore after the Karate Kid Part 2. So that is one of the most special things about this series is you have the opportunity to bring these characters in and continue their stories as well. It's just so beautiful. And uh, kudos to everybody. And for the wonderful actress, Tamlin Tamita, for taking this role back on and giving us as fans just something to root for.
1: Yeah, you know, that's something that I don't think about when we see the people we know and love, such as Tamlin Tamita, making a return to Cobra Kai. These actors, these are working actors, they could have said, nah. Yeah. A- any one of these actors or anybody associated with the Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe could have said, nah, thank you for saying yes, thank you.
0: Yes, absolutely. So now we're back at the community center and Johnny tries to help Robbie. Also in this exchange, cell, we learn that the school brawl happened about a month ago.
1: Okay. That is one thing about the Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe. I sometimes get lost yeah. as far as where we're at in space and time. Yeah. When things happen? Is this a week later? Is this two months later? How long were they in the hospital? How long were they in Okinawa? We have had, I think, these exact discussions on previous episodes. So yeah, so, yeah. thank you for reiterating where we are in
0: space and time. As soon as I heard that, I thought of you. Because you're right. I would say one thing that the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai universe does is they're very vague with their timelines.
1: And arbitrary with dates. So vague oh, timelines. Sure. But you know what? It, it kind of keeps the mystery alive. I, I guess you as a viewer, any, any content, you can't really know what's happening at every second. There's got to be these moments where you don't know exactly what's going on or where you're at. So I yeah. think that's okay.
0: And they're also, just to pile on here, inconsistent with the All-Valley Tournament rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole Pandora's box you're, you're bringing up <laughs> in Karate Kid 3 when they amend the rules so that Daniel only has to fight one
0: time and wins with one point heresy heresy If they do that in subsequent seasons of Cobra Kai and Miguel, who's coming back from injury and has to just fight one time and be in the finals, I will be livid, Sal. But that will not happen because I know we're in good hands. I hope you're right. So now this conversation escalates. And this leads to what, Sal? Well, Robbie
1: asks, why didn't you show up? And Johnny says something happened at the hospital. Jason, do you think there are times when it's okay to lie, when it is literally morally okay to lie to spare someone's feelings?
0: A little white lie wouldn't hurt right there. Maybe I was tied
1: up. Okay. Don't tell your son that you were with the guy he put in the hospital. How about you lie, Johnny? We would be okay with it.
0: But it only gets worse, now. Things are said that shouldn't have been said, Now they're in a worse place than when Johnny even got there.
1: Well, because Robbie says, you chose Miguel over me. Oh, no, not good.
0: And then Johnny references the fact that Robbie put him in the hospital.
1: Double not good.
0: This is not going well at all. It's not at all. So now the guards throw Johnny out because this scene is escalating and it shouldn't be. And of course, in the background... Who oversees this and is laughing?
1: Yeah, a very embarrassing scene with Robbie and Johnny. The giant pot of soup spills all over the floor, and right behind them, Sean and his goons have witnessed all of this, and they are pointing, and they are laughing. Robbie is the laughingstock of Silmar Juvenile Hall.
0: So now we're back at school, and it's soccer time. Miyagi-Do versus Cobra Kai or that's kind of how it's playing out. And Sam kind of rallies the troops, which she's been doing a lot this season. Maybe it's a chance to retaliate against Cobra Kai. And then she goes on to say, besides, what's a game of soccer without a little physical contact? Sam says, they think we're doormats. Let's prove them wrong. Yes. Playing soccer is a physical game, but this Sal is a whole new level.
1: I never played soccer. But when I talk to friends who did play soccer, mainly when they were kids, apparently there is a lot of playing dirty. There is a lot of kicking in the shins or elbowing in the ribs. Oh, there's yeah. there's a lot of that happening. I mean, you know, what do I know as a spectator? But apparently there is a lot of that intentional, uh, aggressive behavior in what should be a friendly game of soccer.
0: Oh my gosh, even when it's not intentional, Sal, it is a very physical game. And I'm not even talking about bringing dojos and a beef onto the pitch, just the actual game. But this really isn't even a soccer game. This is like a no holds barred street fight with a little bit of soccer sprinkled in.
1: You know, they have this new sport. I think it's out of Poland. In the wake of the growth of MMA, they have these, what I would only call gang wars. And again, I think it's from Poland or, or one of these Eastern Bloc countries. It's like MMA, but four on four. It's unlike anything we've ever seen. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah, basically a gang fight on the soccer field. The fact that they had a soccer ball in play uh, was was merely just a backdrop to these two teams, these two dojos, as I've referenced before, these two gangs going at it.
0: Absolutely. And although I made fun of his juggling skills earlier just because of the number he got to, but uh, I got to say, Hawk looked like the only real soccer player on the pitch.
1: Well, my favorite part was where uh, Sam knocks a guy down and then literally steps on top of him <laughs> as she walks over him. Yes. I mean, she, you know what? See, this is what I was saying earlier. Sam, Sam is, is, is reaching next level bully status. I mean, she's, she's, she's starting to climb the ranks of, uh, you know, is that how much pain she has where she's really starting to lash out? I mean, she instigated this whole thing. She did.
0: Well, she's still dealing with her PTSD, and it's coming out in other ways. And yeah, it's definitely manifesting into bully-type behavior. I mean, Hawk and his
1: minions walked onto the field. People got out of the way. It was a scene. It was a spectacle. You could have let it go. But no, Sam and Dimitri, now Dimitri prodded by Sam. They could not let this go. So I would say that this debacle on the soccer field was instigated by Sam.
0: Yeah. Well, there's also this great takedown that we saw in the trailer, but when Dimitri runs up to Hawk and does the shove, spin, leg sweep takedown, and then kind of taunt, that was a great sequence for Dimitri. Dimitri says, I guess that's why the Europeans call it football.
1: He says this to a downed (laughs) Hawk who's there on his back.
0: Wow. Yeah. So now we cut back to Okinawa and Sal... I can't believe it, but Daniel and Kumiko are about to have what?
1: They're about to drink tea, and it is not the tea ceremony, but hello. Talk about a shout-out and a tribute to Karate Kid 2's tea ceremony. I will say this for the record. I will say this to my dying day. I don't doubt Daniel and Amanda love one another. They've created a home, a business, a family. Yes, they love each other, but Daniel and Kumiko, hello, an unfulfilled love, a a love that just kind of ended, but is it still there? I guess we'll find out. But to me, what they had is magical.
0: Yes, it was, Sal. And again, I have to credit the series, the creators, the writers, everybody, just to bring this in, all the little gems. Yes, we remember the tea ceremony. It's magnificent. It's forever there for us to enjoy when we watch the Karate Kid Part Two. But just to have them sitting there having a nice conversation... Over tea. This show really captures the right heart, the right tone, and this is just right on the nose. So I would expect nothing less from this encounter. And then we get some answers. She tells him that she traveled
1: the world with a dance company, but then she moved back to Okinawa. Kumiko shares that Aunt Yukie has passed away and she did want Kumiko to get married, but as Daniel said, she stayed a free agent.
0: Yeah. So Sal, you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Was that from Dumb and Dumber?
1: So you're saying there's a chance.
0: (laughs) Uh, So then Daniel opens up about his life, about his family and all the wonderful things, but also the fact that he's been out of control lately with his business. And he really would love nothing more than to speak with Mr. Miyagi, who always helps center him. And Daniel says something very interesting, a little nugget here for the fan. He
1: says, I'm the same age now that Mr. Miyagi was when he met me. Yeah. Very interesting little tidbit. Yeah. But then Kumiko tells him what? Daniel says, I just wish he was here to help guide me. And Kumiko says, I think I can make that happen. Wow. What?
0: Yeah. Amazing. So now Johnny is at a bar. Big surprise. This is a normal cycle for Johnny. <laughs> Things don't go the right way, winds up at a bar, has a bender. Maybe he gets in a fight. Who knows? Maybe winds up in jail. But then out of nowhere, guess who enters? This was a big surprise.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're probably familiar with seeing Johnny sitting alone at a bar, you know, yeah. feeling uh, defeated. R an Applebee's. Or an an Applebee's, but hey, in a bar at the Applebee's. True. In enters Crease, And by the way, I found it interesting. First thing he says, he orders a Cuddy and water. And by the way, that is (laughs) Cuddy Sark, which is a blended Scotch whiskey. A lot of whiskey going on here in the Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe.
0: Yes. And Crease again, I think everything he says is worth noting. He goes on to tell Johnny that, hey... You're in a bad place, and I probably put you there. I like how they blended this three-minute
1: wait time for the chicken oh, yeah. sandwich yep. with the conversation with Johnny and Crease. Johnny tells Crease, "You've got three minutes because the cop is standing right behind Crease." Yep. And Crease says he never meant to hurt him. What he did for was for his own good, and he also says, "I will always be your teacher." Ugh. He says, I know you better than you know yourself, and this one got me.
0: It's time to come home. Yeah, he is the ultimate puppet master, Sal. And how about this one? You were the best, Johnny. Just churning the dial, pulling the strings, any and everything. But yet, when he mentions Miguel,
1: things shift. Johnny says, you go anywhere near Miguel or his family and I'll kill you. And luckily the chicken sandwich arrives for the officer. Crease says, "Looks like my time is up. Think about what I said." He walks out leaving Johnny alone at the bar there seething. Johnny's holding that coarse banquet bottle in his hand. I'm telling you, I thought he was going to crush it at any second.
0: It was a really good device to have, not just someone come order a chicken sandwich, but it be a police officer. So it kept them from crossing any lines. And this bar, which could have happened. And yeah, it also started that clock, that internal clock, uh, three minutes for the chicken sandwich, which is $5, by the way. Reminiscent
1: of a device I think Hitchcock used to use, and that is when there's a ticking time bomb and the audience knows that there's a time bomb there. Meanwhile, everyone in the room is going about their business. So I think right. of a similar device, that chicken sandwich was almost that uh, ticking time bomb, a uh, Hitchcockian term.
0: Yeah. I just wish I heard a bell on the kitchen. Bing! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just something to, oh, wow, there it is, startling. But I also like the fact that Johnny stood up to him because it's bigger than Johnny. He loves Miguel, and he realizes, like, yeah, under this guy's tutelage, Miguel turns into me, and I've got to steer this kid away from that. And that was it because he was starting to get, at least I felt like Johnny was starting to get sucked back in, like the the dark side. And uh, it was really cool to see that there's a line he can no longer cross. Yeah, definitely. So now we're back at school and Sal, describe the scene outside of the counselor's office.
1: Well, right now they're standing outside of counselor Blatt's office. And by the way, I do have a little grievance here because the PE coach blew her whistle and said, you're going to the principal's office. But now they're outside of Counselor Blatt's office instead of outside Principal Lopez's office. Where is Principal Lopez? That's what I want to know. So they're they're standing out here outside of Counselor Blatt's office. Hawk exits. Blatt says Cobra Kai is free to go. She basically dismisses who she calls Caldwell, Johnson, and Rickenberger. Yeah she says, you guys are free to go. And then I, I love this part. She says to the remaining Miyagi-Do students, you'll be receiving rehabilitative, not punitive,
0: Saturday <laughs> detention. I love this sequence because when Sam yells, that's bullshit, she gets two Saturdays. And that is a direct homage to The Breakfast Club. I was thinking that. Yep. Love the sequence. And yeah, Counselor Blatt is watching Samantha.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned The Breakfast Club, Jason. I just want to mention as an aside, one of my friends, Abby Nelson, also friend of the show, did ask me, she said, does Cobra Kai do these references to 80s movies, such as Back to the Future? Now you reference The Breakfast Club. And I would definitely say, Abby, the answer is a definitive yes.
0: And just to give him full credit, Richard Vernon said it best when he said, don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. Nice. Played by Paul Gleason, the very talented Paul Gleason. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Last thing on Gleason, we just mentioned him on Let's Talk Movies. We did Die Hard recently, and he's got some great scenes in the movie as the police lieutenant. So definitely, A, check out Die Hard, and B, check out our Let's Talk Movies episode on Die Hard. Recommend. <laughs> So now we're back at Yuki's house, in which Mr. Miyagi built and Kumiko has inherited. And Sal, this leads to, besides that amazing scene in the Karate Kid Part 2, which is getting a lot of play this episode, I must say, but that scene in which Mr. Miyagi has just lost his father, and Daniel is there consoling him on the overlook, the ocean with the bonsai in the foreground... That's one of the most emotional scenes in the whole Karate Kid universe, if not the most emotional scene. This is probably the most emotional scene I've ever seen on Cobra Kai, the series.
1: Really? Wow. Hmm. I'm moved that you're moved. I I would have thought that maybe the uh, campfire with Rob
0: Garrison. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Okay. You know what? That's (laughs) That's so real life. And it's 1A, 1B. You're right. Good point. Because that obviously had real life implications in it.
1: Yeah, but you know, what we're seeing is that Cobra Kai has these moments. They Yes, it does. It's like every emotional string they're able to, to pull on it at the right time.
0: Yeah, and they just keep tugging. So the scene in which I'm hinting at is that Kumiko has brought Daniel to her house to share letters that Mr. Miyagi was sending over time to A. And Sal, there's one letter in particular that she reads out loud, and I'm sure you have it in your notes, so I'll let you take it away.
1: Well, this letter, Daniel reacts to it because he says, this one was written the week Mr. Miyagi died. Yeah. So I guess this was the most recent letter. In life, I have always looked for signs to show me the right way, but I got lost until I met daniel His kind heart, strong chi, and loyalty and love for those around him. He's a guiding light to me. I'm very proud of the man he has become, even though he still has a hard head. I never thought I would have a family again. daniel has welcomed me into his family, and he has passed on what I teach him in Miyagi-do to his daughter. Samantha makes me feel like I am her grandfather. In life, we always lose our way, but it is people, not the signs, that guide us back to the right path. Do you like that, Yukie? I heard that in a car commercial. Very cute, and also reminded of the sense of humor Miyagi has. Sometimes I forget what a fantastic sense of humor Mr. Miyagi has. Honk. Yes. Hello. But I forget because I think he, he has these gems of wisdom. I think when, when somebody's espousing so much wisdom, we tend to forget that they're also a
0: joker. Yeah. But this was so touching. And I know it's private, maybe people shouldn't read other people's letters, but I think it's okay. And it's wonderful to hear someone speak who's passed on and really speaking to Daniel and giving him that strength that he needed. I mean, to know that Mr. Miyagi had kind of lost his way, it's like, whoa, no, he's, to us, he's immortal. You know, he didn't make any mistakes, but then he did. I love that the series can say, hey, let's honor Miyagi now, Mr. Miyagi now. Let's write something in his words that he would have said to Yuki about Danielson." Ah, Oh, just beautiful, brings a tear to my eye. Wonderful job, and it really moves Daniel, and I got to say, this Ralph Macchio as an actor, the way he's hearing this and reading this as an actor and accepting it and portraying it, bravo. I have to credit the creators for using such a clever
1: device to have Mr. Miyagi speak to us from the grave. Yeah. A very interesting approach. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. We got to hear from Miyagi, words we've never heard before.
0: Yeah. And the only thing that might be more heartbreaking to me is the fact that Mr. Miyagi and Yukie didn't marry or didn't spend their last years together. They just wrote letters. Why didn't that happen, Sal?
1: Yeah, uh, one of my grievances with the Karate Kid is the fact that the Karate Kid 3 begins without Yukie and without Kumiko. They should have been with them. When they landed back in Los Angeles, Yukie and Kumiko should have been there, and they weren't. So that's a whole other story. But yeah, Yukie never married. I think we're led to believe because of her love for Mr. Miyagi. Did Kumiko never marry because of her love for Daniel? I don't know. I think the, there's some speculation to maybe have us believe that.
0: She had suitors, no doubt about that. Yeah, it could have been a great love story, Karate Kid 3. We also got a message from a fan recently who agreed with you, I must say, Sal, and I agree as well, that the Karate Kid part two and part three should have been flip-flopped in their order. Whoa. You're getting a growing allegiance to that idea. If that ever becomes an internet trope, you heard it here first. (laughs) Sal Rodriguez, drop that on Let's Talk Cobra Guy. So now we're back in the hospital and Miguel is reaching for his phone because it's on that table. It's a little bit out of his reach. And now Johnny enters. And Sal, it's almost like he is so inspired from this conversation with Kreese, but not to join forces with Kreese, but rather to be there for Miguel.
1: Well, the first thing Miguel asks is, what are you doing here? Because, right? Because the last time they saw each other, Miguel was Basically kicking him out of his life, right? Yeah. And then Johnny says, you want the phone? Miguel answers, yes. But it's on one of those rolling trays like they bring your lunch on. Johnny rolls the stand across the room. He says, go get it. And of course, Miguel says, I can't walk, even with the surgery. I might never be able. And then here's... Silence! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This was in the season three trailer right here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can already tell what the music's already changed, the tones change, and Johnny's just being Johnny now. This is who he knows how to be to Miguel, his first student at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and now he's his sensei again. And this begins sort of a Rocky Four type training. He's encouraging him, and this leads to what, Sal?
1: Well, this is Johnny's whole speech to Miguel as Miguel lays there in bed. He says, never. Can't. Those are just words. They're meaningless. It's time for you to get out of that bed and do something. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just going to hand it to you. You want something you're going to have to crawl across the floor. Use your damn teeth if you have to. You're going to do whatever it takes, and I'm always going to be here next to you because I'll always be your teacher. Now go get it. And Miguel answers, yes, Sensei.
0: Uh, But... (laughs) (laughs) but I believe there's an epic fail happening anytime soon. See, this is no different than the humor of Miyagi.
1: There's so much intense drama in Cobra Kai that I forget that there's humor. So it always broadsides me. Yeah, Miguel reaches for the phone, falls, crashes to the floor. Johnny's encouraging him. That's all right. You felt like a champ.
0: (laughs) Nurse. (laughs) Yeah, but... You can tell that they're on the right side of things now. And that's amazing.
1: Once again, Johnny is Miguel's sensei.
0: Yeah. So now we're back in jail and Robbie walks in the room. And of course, there's Sean and company laughing at him from what happened earlier that day in the kitchen with his father. And it looks like they even destroyed his book, Sal. Yeah. Talk about a a
1: meta metaphor. You have... The Lord of the Flies, which is about a bunch of kids, yeah. right? Trying to self-govern, and it ends tragically. No different here. The book itself, strewn and torn apart all over his bed. By the way, I want to give a shout out to actor Okea MA Akwari. I'm probably saying his name wrong. He plays Sean. I want to give a shout out to him. He's becoming a recurring character, doing a great job.
0: He's very good at this role. But someone has to take the conch away from Sean because he's ruling the jail and hopefully not for long.
1: Okay, so luckily for Robbie right now, an officer walks in, disperses Sean and his minions, and he tells Robbie he has a visitor. And nobody knows who this is. Robbie enters the meeting room and who's there waiting for him?
0: Oh my gosh. None other than the master manipulator himself, head of Cobra Kai Dojo, one John Kreese.
1: He greets him with hello, son. Damn, he knows how to get in people's
0: heads. He sure does. I can't flip Johnny right now. I'll go after Robbie. So I love this next cut, Sal, because what appears to be the blocks of ice from The Karate Kid Part 2, but yet it's not the real thing, is it, Sal?
1: No, but it was definitely there to play with our heads. So we're thinking, wait, what's happening? And of course, those are just mere ice on the bar, uh, decorative and functional, because then she begins to chip away at the ice and serve it into their drinks. So just there for the functional bar display.
0: This is the miniature version, the home version. In fact, it could also be a toy, Sal.
1: I like that. Oh, I like that. I like that. The uh, collectible ice chopping
0: set. Yeah, and maybe one action figure could have Daniel, and he swings his arm. His action arm does that little side motion.
1: (laughs) I like it. Now you're speaking my language. Let's call NECA. Jason, you know what else is speaking my language? This is the next day, right? Yes, it is. So Daniel and Kumiko are there seated at the bar in front of this ice set. He thanks her again for reading him the letters from the night before. Okay, this is the next day. They read the letters the night before. Where did Daniel stay? At his hotel. Do we know that? No,
0: we do not know that. Hey, quit causing trouble, Sal.
1: For Daniel. I just, I I want it for Daniel.
0: You really need like a choose your own adventure for the karate kid. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where you're going. Anyway, so as if Kimiko hasn't shared enough great things, she shares something Yukie always said to her. And it was put good out in the world and good will come back to you. It's such simple, but yet great, precise advice. And she
1: gives encouragement and support to a very troubled Daniel. She says, it will work out. And this moment here, this is what I love, their hands graze each other as they both reach (laughs) for their drinks (laughs) They both offer a nervous chuckle and they gaze upon each other. Now to the listener, when there is 2.32 remaining in the episode, pause it, look at Kumiko's face. She still loves Daniel.
0: Yeah, you know, you might not ever get over certain people, but it doesn't mean you're going to be together. I know. I just believe in love. You know what?
1: They did it all for the glory of love.
0: Ah, it reminds me of a Peter Satera song. (laughs) So this leads to yet another highly unexpected moment in this episode. Sal, did you see this coming?
1: No, I did not, and I'm already enjoying the events that have transpired. I am enjoying the reconciliation of Daniel and Kumiko. It is so magical, it is so fantastic. It's one of those things where it's so perfect it can only go wrong. Yeah, right? We hear this voice. Daniel son, we look, all of a sudden there's a flashback to Karate Kid 2, the end scene. a Bloody Daniel and Chosen are fighting. Out come those den those hand oh, drums. Yeah. That's the scene where that is. Daniel gets kicked by Chosen. There's a fight montage, back to that 50s dance, uh, him fighting at Yukie's house. Chosen says, you insult my honor again and I'll kill you. And we see a close-up of a shocked Daniel as he gazes upon one of his greatest enemies, Chosen. Wow. Holy cow.
0: What? Mind blown. Oh, man. I can't believe this episode. Unreal. Not only do we go back to Okinawa, we get Kimiko, we get Chosen, we hear words of wisdom from Yukie. We get an incredible letter from Mr. Miyagi. And this is just in one episode. But my <laughs> God, Jason, Sal. Jason,
1: there's only one thing missing to make this episode perfect. Sato. <laughs> if they were sitting in the restaurant and all of a sudden they hear a voice, eh, eh.
0: <laughs> What do you want, Daniel? <laughs> that would have been too much, Sal. I don't think I could have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fainted. Oh my gosh. And this is just episode four. Sal, next episode, we're at the halfway mark, but we both know what lie ahead and it is going to be a treat to explore together.
1: Yeah. I can't believe where we are going, where we've gone. Really, I'm beside myself. I'm absolutely amazed. So looking forward to see where this goes. I mean, okay, look, we know where it goes. We've seen all the episodes, but hello. This season, so far, my favorite
0: season. Yeah. It's also a first. Uh, You've never given our fans homework, time code to go check out a scene. So that's (laughs) that's a first for us. (laughs) I wanted them to pause on that very moment. It has to be that very
1: moment where you see Tamlin Tamita's face. I'm telling you, you can see it. You don't have to be an expert on body language. You can see it. She still loves Danielson.
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast.
1: And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai.
0: We also highly encourage checking out the Let's Talk Movies podcast and visiting justcuriousmedia.com.
1: No mercy.